Greetings in Jesus' name to everyone here this morning, the one that we've come to worship, love, appreciate so much. Glad to welcome, I want to say glad to see you visitors here. I want to welcome you to the service this morning. I've been pondering a lot of what God wants us to do and what he expects of us, and and it's always good to ponder that because we want to serve Jesus, and we want to do it in a way that's pleasing to him. In fact, if we don't do it that way, we've just wasted our time. And more than we wasted our time, we're wasting our life. And we're ruining eternity. And we don't want those. And it, it, it's um, not a wonderful thing that we can ponder the blessing of being a part of the body of Christ. What a tremendous blessing that is. And, you know, we made vows there. We were baptized, and we said we'd support God in the church. And that was a privilege. That's, that's a privilege we have to be faithful in our lives and follow him. I'm glad the, the good Lord has a voluntary church, a church that we can voluntarily uh, join and commit to and support and encourage in. But, you know, those commitments are very serious. And, uh, and they affect our eternity. And it, it's wise for us to submit to God and to the brotherhood. It's a tremendous uh privilege we have to have fellowship with God and with fellow believers. What, what a blessing. And, to, and we want to maintain, we need to maintain this fellowship with God. It's a privilege we have. And when we do that, then we have a source of salvation. <clears throat> you know where the best verse or source of salvation is? I'll tell you, First John five thirteen. And it's, this message is not on assurance, okay? But it does say, uh, it's worth noting, and these things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So know or knoweth is 33 times in First John. There's a reason why. Because you don't have to flounder in wondering whether you're born again or you're his children. What a tremendous blessing that is. And there's some of the qualities there found in First John. Uh, are really good. The Bible is always really good. But this epistle was uh, written to the Christian community facing heresies. I wonder if they faced more than we have today. Because there's plenty of heresies around today, too. And John sought to encourage those believers there to live the kind of life that was consistent with fellowship of God and with Christ. And that's what we want to be. So John deals with a number of themes, <clears throat> such as righteousness, truth, love, assurance for the believers. And, uh, and he didn't consider these just mere regulations or thoughts to be pondered, whether you're going to do them or not. Uh, but he expected, he spoke them as if they were religious realities that were expected to be done. So therefore, Christian doctrine is the basis of this book. Now, I don't know if you like doctrine, but doctrine has everything to do with how you believe and live. You know, because we, in our hearts, you know, we, we don't just... Well, I hope not. We don't just act out our impulses, okay? Maybe we do, and if we do, then we're selfish, and that's not good. A doctrine 
it is a belief system that God wants us to have, and when our doctrine is based on the Word of God, then we live in a way that is pleasing to Jesus, and that's what He wants. And so, I never really thought about you might, you know, are most of our sermons doctrinal? Well, I hope so, because they're biblical, right? And Bible is doctrine, and uh, but we need to have right doctrine to have right life, a uh, right way of living. So the morning's message is called Kingdom Principles, or maybe that's the idea of 1 John, okay? So we're going to look at 1 John for a while. Probably if, unless the Lord returns, this will not be, this will be far from the last uh, message on 1 John. Because you, we all know that there's two kingdoms in this world, if you've been around long and read the book very much. And there's a kingdom of Jesus, and they love Jesus, they love his word, they love righteousness, they love doing what's right, and and and, and they want to, their main goal is to glorify Jesus in this life. And their fruit so that they live that way. And then the fruit also in that life is peace, fruits of the spirit. They have joy, they have happiness, they have security, okay? They have identity, and they have strength in Jesus, in God. Then there's another kingdom, and it's the kingdom of darkness, of Satan, selfishness, and the world. They They all go together. You can serve one, but if you serve one, you're doing them all, probably. Yeah? And then that person there is lonely. They want to do it their way. They're living for pleasure, but they're not happy. Uh, you know they're they're uh, they're just well they don't have fulfillment in life they aren't blessed to the father never will be unless they repent you know they they're just their life is a, a full of longings unfulfilled longings and needing more and more selfishness to 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 try to be satisfied and they're never satisfied. They're not happy people. They're not blessed of God. They have a miserable life now, and they have a horrible eternity. That's the other kingdom. Just wanted to let you know we're talking about the kingdom principles for Jesus, okay? And I want to describe them just a little bit. Now, the first one here in 1 John, and now the 1 John is at the back of the book, the back of the New Testament. not St. John, but this is First John there toward the back. And I look at the first one. It's in John 2, verses 1 to, 1 to 3. And I wonder why God made this one first. But I think I know why, because it's so difficult for us as mankind. That's why. Where it says, my little children, First John 2, verses 1 to 3, my little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we may advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we know that we know him too knows there, if we keep his commandments. Now that he started out here, that he knows that, uh, that us as mankind, we will sin. We have sin. And that's why we needed to repent. That's why we come to Jesus, because we had a sinful nature that wanted to do what was wrong, wanted to live for self, and wanted to do our own pleasure. He said, you have, you can thank God, you have an advocate, Christ the righteous, at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. And so you can come and ask for forgiveness of sins. What a tremendous privilege that we have Jesus 
as our as believers, we have Jesus in our hearts in the form of the Holy Spirit, and we have Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And uh, so we receive mercy and we come for him. And, it's, and our sins are never too enormous or never too many that he won't forgive. He said the sins of the whole world are not just your sins. He'll forgive your neighbor's sins. He'll forgive every sin that is repented of. But then it goes on to say, and thereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Um, evidently, God knew that obedience would not be easy for man. Because he's saying, look, you need to keep my commandments. And that's because he said, you know what? Obedience takes submission. And you know what? Most mankind are not just cheerfully submissive. I find that even as a Christian, I'm not always cheerfully submissive. You just review your own life. Obedience, he said, obedience. Uh, well, God knew, uh, God recognized that we would struggle with this, and so he let us know. We uh, need to be submissive, and when we submit to him and his ways, then we have the overcoming victorious life. And so he said, look, you need to be compliant, complying to me. That's very basic. You know, it's very important. He said, we need to be that way. And so it goes on and speaks to this a little further in verses 4 to 6 here in the same passage where it says, and he, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth keep his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Here, hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abides in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he, Jesus, walked. And it's interesting to think about that. Jesus, in his life, when he came to earth, it was God in the flesh. It was God in the flesh. And yet, it says, he said, I do the will of my Father, he said. You know, he was submissive always to the will of God in his life. And he said, look, so we are to walk as he walked. As he walks. And we're through in this blessing. As we as Christians to know that have the word in our life. He said, we need to know him. Everybody, we know him. And I tell you, this isn't that, uh, like knowing a name. If we're going to know Jesus as our Savior of our hearts, we need, he says, look, if we're going to do that, then you follow him. You get to obey him. Now, everyone in this children here uh, probably have noticed a few things. When you tell children, okay, child... Do this or do that, and they walk off and they do what they want to do. You know, they don't think much of you. But you know that. And uh, they just sit there and say, "Well, do I have to do?" They make a bunch of fuss and they argue and they talk back, or and they, they try to explain why they shouldn't have to. You know that they don't respect you as a, as a uh, authority figure in their life. See, reverence and love is lacking in that child, and uh, it's not a good sign of a child. Of course you do. And yet you know when you tell a child, now look, when you drive your bike on that gravel road down there, 
and maybe you don't have those around you, but I'm just using this as a second illustration. You do the corners. If you don't slow down, you're going to hurt yourself. You know that's a fact as an adult. You know that's a fact. A child probably doesn't know that's a fact. And at least they act like they don't. And so they go and do their own way. And then mama gets to fix up, or daddy, one of them, probably mama, gets to fix up all the damage done because they didn't listen. Because they didn't listen. See, parents tell their children what to do because they love them. That's the same with our Heavenly Father. See, this book, he tells us what to do. He tells us how to live because why? Because he loves you. That's why. Because he knows what you need to do in your life to have a life fulfilling and to bring him honor and glory. You can't, we can't do it our way. We do it his way. And so he cares about how we live. He cares. He says, I know what you need. I know it. I am the kind figure here. You're the, we're the child, okay? And uh, so it's a blessing we read the book and say, look, with don't you like when your children say, yeah, I don't understand, but I'll do it. You know, don't you like that? That's what God likes from his children. Same thing. It's called obedience. It's not that easy. You know, it's, it's one thing to say to say this, and it's another thing to do it. You know, because, well, you, when you, well, I'll get to that in a little bit. First John 5, let's go First John 5, 2 and 3. First John 5. In the same book, verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. You know why? Because he said, look, if you love me, you're going to have to obey me. Point blank. And you know that with your children. You know that's a fact. You know, if you respect and love that person, you're going to obey them. And he said, okay, I want you to know that. Whether you know it or not, we're, we're saying, okay, when you don't obey me, guess what? The love is leaving, okay? Respect is leaving. It's going. And we've got to be careful about that. Because he said his commandments aren't grievous. Why? Because we can follow God and we can obey God knowing that he knows what I need and what we need as Christians how we need to live to be overcomers, to bring him glory, to have a fulfilling life, to have that peace that he wants to give you and everyone who's believers. Even in the day and age we live in today, he gives peace to those people that are obedient. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Obedience is critical for spiritual health. Obedience is critical for spiritual health. And it's a wonderful blessing we have to have God's word and to know what he wants. I'll just speak of this a little bit. Psalms 119 says, I like to read a 6 and the verses 9 through 11. 119.6 says, The Lord is at my side, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. No, sorry. That's 118. Verse 6, then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. You don't have to be ashamed when you obey Jesus. You never need to be ashamed. It might look weird to man, but we don't need to be ashamed when we obey him. Never. And then it goes on to say some of the good effects of this. Verse 9, 
Wherewith also a young man cleanse his way by taking heed there to according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, or let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now one of the scriptures very, says very plainly in the New Testament, he that knoweth to do good, he that knoweth the word of God, he that knoweth to obey, and doeth it not to him it is sin. There's a privilege we have just to read this word and say, God, I want to do your will. How how can I work how can I be compliant? How can I be submissive to you? How can how can I do a good job at this? Well, it's so important to have that kind of spirit. You had to have that kind of spirit when you when you were born again. Hebrews five nine says, Hebrews five nine says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Obey them. And so, you know, we knew how do we know that Jesus lived and died for your sins? And mine. How do we know it? The Bible. We know that through the Word of God. Uh, and so we know that, and we believe it. And but you know what? You had to have faith. He says, "By for by grace are you saved through faith." You had to have faith in the atoning work of Jesus. That He shed His blood, and that shedding of blood was an atonement for my sins and yours. You had to have faith. You had to have faith. That's true. You didn't see it. We wasn't there. You didn't experience it like before, and so you had to have faith. See, faith is blind obedience. Think about this. Faith is blind obedience. Because if you have to be, if you have to see it to understand it first, guess what? That's just understanding it. That's good if you can understand Bible things, but not all more. Faith is blind obedience. And it says, I don't understand it. But you're saying, I don't need to understand it because God said it, and I'm going to do it. You know what? That makes for a happy, settled Christian. Think of that. Think of that. Think of how many struggles that is in your life or in the life of the church that has become because of an unsubmissive or rebellious spirit. Think about it. Because of a lot of trouble. And if we can just cheerfully submit, it makes all the difference. So we had to have it to do the first step to be a Christian. You had to have faith or you're not a Christian. You had to have faith in the atoning work of Jesus. You had to obey him because he said that. One man said obedience to God is the most infallible evidence of sincere and supreme love to him. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so we're so blessed to have this word. And it has a lot of standards. It has a lot of regulations. A lot of them we learn to love. Some of them we learn to argue about, I think. At least I do that at times. But he's saying, look, you're going to walk with me. You're going to have, you're going to have live by kingdom principles, the godly kingdom. You're going to have to learn obedience right up front. Right up front. And that's the way it is in your home. If you can teach your children to be obedient, you're not going to have a happy home. If they're all a bunch of rebels and doing what they want to do, you're not going to have a happy home. And he says, you know, I'm going to have a family. And this is called the family of God. It's called church. The, the church. There are individuals in the church. And you know what? 
They're going to all get along well. You know what? They're following the same master. They're obeying the same standards. They're not just deciding what they want to do or what they don't want to do. They say, Lord, if you want me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. See? Faith shows in blind obedience to God. Okay? To God and his word. What a tremendous privilege. Wow. What a blessing to know Jesus as the Savior and the Lord of our life. And how can he be Lord if he's not supreme and have all dictatorship in our life? How can he be Lord when everything he says, mankind questions? Well, I'm just glad he can. He wants to be Lord of our life. So he gives us this book that we can read and understand. To a limited degree, there's a lot there I need to understand more of, that's for sure. But I am... Challenged by the thought that ignorance is not bliss. In scriptural things, definitely ignorance is not bliss. We have it, the good book in our hands. We have that privilege of reading it and saying, Lord, I want to do it. And then you know what? We don't need to be those that are ignorant. Well, also for the obedient ones, uh, we have a, a presence and a blessing that is just unforetold, and it's the presence of Jesus in our life in the form of the Holy Spirit, where it says in Acts 5.32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to those that obey him. Isn't it amazing? So, that's so wonderful. So we give our heart to God. We give our heart to Jesus, and we obey him. We say, Lord, I, we want to obey your will. We want to be holy like you ask us to be. We want, I want to follow Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit comes in your life, and he helps you on your walk. He's a comforter to your life. He comforts you when you're doing what's right, and he convicts us when we're doing what's wrong. He does that. He's the strength. He gives us strength to overcome. And it's such a blessing to have his presence in our life. What a tremendous blessing uh, that he is there. And he wants to stay there, but he can be pushed out. And when is he pushed out? When I decide to disobey. That's when it happens. First John, First John three twenty four says, uh, during the text passage, I mean textbook, three twenty two says, <clears throat> and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So he's saying, yeah, you want your prayers answered? Obey him. That's interesting. But he said, you know, he wants to answer your prayer. He wants us to pray. And he said, you know what? If you want your prayers answered, obey him. Follow him. Do what is right. That's what he loves us to be. He loves us to do that. John, also, more about the presence of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to read some verses from John 14, verse 15. Where it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm just amazed. I, you're like you're only getting a, such a small portion of the New Testament scripture. It's amazing. When you talk about obeying God and doing his commandments, the it is definitely the over, overwhelming principle in the New Testament. John fourteen, fifteen to verse twenty one. Twenty four. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He is that loveth me, 
and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jews said unto him, not a stereot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered said unto him, If any man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him and will and will come unto him and make our abode with them. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. Say, look very plainly, I will make my abode, I will reside by my Holy Spirit, I will live with those that obey me. The indwelling presence of God, what a tremendous blessing we have to experience that. And we don't deserve it, and yet God wants to give that to every last one of his children. But there is conditions for this abiding presence to be with us and to lead us into all truth. What a tremendous blessing we can have, and it makes fellowship really rich with God. It makes the reading of the word really, really inspiring. It makes it interesting when you have the Holy Spirit helping you to understand, not that you understand all the things that sure helps you understand. He said, and he wants to help us understand what a tremendous blessing that he has. No wonder he said in John fifteen ten, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So when we obey, it makes us part of God's family. And, and there's nothing more important than that and it shows lordship. It shows how much he cares. It, it it shows, you know, that I want to do what is right. Because when we obey, then our conscience is clear before God. And it's priceless to have a clear conscience. And, uh, and then we're walking in the light. And... You know, when we start to disobey... And I know it is easy for mankind to do that. I've done more than my share of disobedience in my life. And I regret that. But when you read about that, it is not a good result. Luke 6 says, Luke 6, verse 46 says, a verse that just hit me real plain recently. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He's plainly saying, you can say, Lord, Lord, I love you. Lord, Lord, this, and Lord, Lord, that. And he said, if you don't do what I say, it just doesn't ring clear. It makes sense. It makes sense. And then people start struggling. And, that, and I have a whole bunch of verses here, but I'll skip most of them. Then we, because we, either we're walking in the light or we're walking in darkness. And if you read, if we read our scriptures, it's amazing to find out that when we start disobeying or doing our own will or doing our own opinion, we're walking in darkness. We think it's out there as a darkness, but sometimes darkness starts creeping in here. We've got to think about that. Spiritual darkness comes when I do not 
intend to obey or when I do not obey, spiritual darkness starts coming in. And that's very that's very scary, but it's not what God wants, but we have to talk about that because it's such a temptation to, to view the commandments of God and what he wants us to do through my own simple learning, through my own opinions or whatever it, it is. I praise God. We don't have to be sure of disobedience, as the scripture talks about in Ephesians 2, verse 2, and verse 5, 6. We can be the children that walk in light. And you, we, it is amazing when you obey the word of God, you have a life for your life today. Now, you might not know what you'll be doing next year, but you know one thing, you're going to be following him and obeying him with God's help, okay? With God's help. And I praise God we can be that way. God said, that's what he wants us to be. No wonder it says, in the Old Testament, talks about what's the most, uh, what's, what is really important in life? What is really important in life? Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of, what's in, of, the, of the whole matter. What's important for you? What's important for us believers? Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Isn't it wonderful? We reverence God. God, you're the Lord of my life. I give over the, the reins of my heart to you, Lord. And every Christian does that. Sometimes we limit it some, but it's to our own peril. Every Christian does that. And we say, Lord, I want to follow you. And he said very plainly, if we're going to if we're going to call him Lord, we have to obey him. We get to obey him. That's what makes close fellowship with God. That makes what's close fellowship with brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're obeying the Word of God, and that's so fundamental and basic. He said, "This is the whole duty of man." You know, this is what really counts. This is what's important for man. Because he said, of saying, you fear God and you keep his commandments. In other words, if we don't keep his commandments, we don't are not reverencing him. We're not giving him the proper place in our hearts. And he said, whoa, you're wasting your life now. We don't want to walk down that path, friends, but we have those choices to make. We have choices to make, and they're hard ones if we're walking in rebellion. But we don't need to walk that way. He really cares how we live. And he loves children that obey him. He blesses children that obey him. Isn't it wonderful? We sing a song, Trust and Obey. Beautiful song, lovely thought, wonderful living. Verse 4 and 5. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. Friends, that's where it's at. That's just where it's at. Laying all on the altar and saying, Lord, I give you everything. My will, my desires, my intents, my opinions, whatever, I'm giving it to you because I want to love you. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship's week, we will sit at his feet 
or will walk by his side in the way, in the pathway to heaven. What he says we will do, what he says we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Be happy in Jesus to trust and obey. Do you believe that? It is biblical. It is abundantly biblical. I love that. Chapter 3, 1 John 3, verse 22. We want to, uh, it's just so clear all the blessings. I've been talking about tremendous blessings, and so we want to end this here this morning. The blessings, 322. And hereby we ask, and we receive him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. The blessing of answered prayer. I talked about that earlier. The blessing of answered prayer. He wants, he cares, he wants to make, he wants to fulfill his will in our lives. And when, when we are being, trying and striving to be obedient, guess what? Well, what is will in our lives? What a tremendous blessing to be sanctified vessels for God's glory. What a tremendous blessing that is we can have. Revelation 22.14, blessed are they that do his commandments. Isn't that a nice ring to it? Blessed are they that submit to the will of God. Blessed are they that obey him even when they don't understand it. Blessed are they that do his commandments even when they don't want to. That's the way you are. That's the way I am. I won't do that. Sometimes there isn't enough desire there. But I want to be the kind to say, Lord, you said it. I'm going to obey. I will be your children. I've got to be your child. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my life here. I'm not going to live a deplorable life in disobedience. Rebellion. I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with that. I hate sin. I hate sin. I want to be blessed in Jesus. Every believer wants to be blessed in Jesus. We we love that. It's a tremendous uh, privilege we have. Blessed are they that do his commandments. I love that thought. I tell you, friends, the living is even better than the thought. The living is better than the thought. But it goes on to say something very, very impressive. That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. He says it very plainly. There's obedient ones that follow him irregardless whether they want to or not, but they know it's right and they want to please God. They are the ones that are going to make it to heaven. What a privilege we have to be heaven-bound children of God. God bless you.